Well, here we are, episode six of the Chase Merrill podcast. I am joined today by my friend, and I would call in lots of other things, and I will get into that. But my but my friend is probably the most important title, uh, Jordan Jordan Abina. Welcome, Jordan Abina, to the Chase Merrill podcast. This is an honor, Chase. It's good to be on the Chase Merrill podcast. If I would have gotten the purple light memo, I would have. I would have changed my backdrop. I'm sorry. This is a this is a green screen, and I typed in "cool, cool background." Yeah, uh, for guys <laughs> for on guys, Pinterest, for guys, for sure. <laughs> yeah, if I would have if I would have got the uh, you know like historic French brick um, memo, I would have definitely figured out yeah. a way to get one of like a, a back background from Amazon to make sure we match there for sure too. Cause... And I wore this shirt just in case you needed any financial advice because I'm one of uh, I work at a I obviously work at a bank part time. <laughs> And have uh, information on that, which I don't, but that's why I wore this shirt because yeah, sure. I'm older now. Yeah, and you're great with finances, and all that. I appreciate that, man. I'm yeah, I need I help. Know that I need I need help. Yeah, um, man, you're you're here today uh, because of the the podcast I've been doing. Uh, is this first year of it is something I'm calling the 52 project, and it's 52 people who've made an impact on my life and who are still making an impact on the world and the world around them. And uh, you've made an impact in my life, not only from formidable years as a uh, eighth grader. I think it's where we we met. I was an eighth grader when we we got our oh. first first introduction. <laughs> Is that nuts? Oh, crap. Um, to and I think you had you had. I don't know if you were still a senior in high school when I was in eighth grade, or if you you started first year of internship when I was a freshman. I can't remember. I think you maybe started intern intern year one when I was in eighth grade, and that's where it all started. But but I'll, and we're gonna get, we're gonna go to there for a second. But you've we've maintained a friendship, um, since then. And, uh, throughout those years, you've, you've just been one of the realest people in my life because of, uh, your love for the Lord, but, but also your, your very gifted and creative way of being yourself and, um, growing in that and investing that who, who you are in people you've invested that in me. And, um, there's lots of things I'll say about you as we go, but that's part of where we started. You're, can you tell us where you are right now? Just so the people that are listening and they can't see the super cool aesthetics behind you. Um, no, like you're not, you know, we're not obviously in the yeah. same room. We're on, we're on over the internet, over zoom, but where are you at? Yeah. Donc, uh, en français, uh, je suis là, uh, la cave. But in English, this is basically like a French version of a basement, but they call it a cave or la cave. And uh, it's beneath our apartment, which is not an apartment traditionally. It's basically an old French house that they split into two. So there's someone above us and there's someone below. And then this is like the so basement. You're in a, you're, I'm in, Gren- you're in a basement. Grenoble, France. Sorry, I say it again. Say it again. But it's in Grenoble, France. Grenoble, France. So wait, you're in, a ba- you're in a basement, but you have somebody living underneath you. No. Oh, okay. I, okay. There's someone who lives on the, the, well, they would say the, like the first floor, but there's only basically two floors to the apartment. So we live on the first floor and then I'm here and then there's someone who lives up here. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, and we have a time, obviously time, time difference and, uh, I'm your future. I am in your future. (laughs) So I have lived this day, seven hours of this day. And you haven't, you haven't yet. So this is a huge, huge opportunity to get some information about yeah. what's coming. Yeah, like the mar- um, like what's the, the market? What's the market looking like? 
Oh, it's green, baby. Get crypto market. Sell. Yeah. So, oh boy. You want to get that doge right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Trust me. Lord. Lord no, yeah. So we're, I'm nine hours ahead. Yeah. Um, so, so Grenoble, France and like a quick snapshot before we kind of do a, a, a throwback to where our, our relationship started, but just a quick snapshot. Why are you in Grenoble right now? What are you doing? Who are you with? Um, so I'm here with AG World Missions. That's who's launched us to be here. And my wife and I pastor a church here in Grenoble kind of has an international flavor, although it's, um, very unique because we speak French and English at the, at the same time. So we translate everything either. Sometimes it's French to English or vice versa. And yeah. And, um, and then we're in the process and what are we January? So in a couple of weeks here of opening a, uh, a coffee shop, which is about five, five minutes walk from our place. And, uh, we've been, it's a nonprofit coffee shop. So we'll be giving those proceeds profits which will be tons for sure of let's go dude, because i'm expecting us to just dominate you know why because i bought the coffee machine at like a appliance store and <laughs> just press a button <laughs> but uh we um uh we're opening that's a nonprofit, so we're trying to give those things back to grenoble and then we also use it as a place of a ministry base so we have different things there and we've been hosting these um 24 hour prayer uh, gatherings there, which have been awesome. So yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah. Enjoying it. Who are you, who are you with? Like who, who's with you personally? So my wife, Vanessa, and uh, I have three kids. June is 12, 12, dude. Jeez. And then Jadwin, my son, he's 11 and Joss is seven. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. No, I'm 12, <clears throat> 12. Going on like nineteen and yeah, pray pray for us, dude. <laughs> I didn't grow up with any sisters or anything, so every other day when something happens, I'm looking at Vanessa like, "Are we good? Like this is just go like this if it's normal. Like you've been through this." And she's like, "Yeah, okay." Because okay, I'm gonna go cry. <laughs> Jadwin, I understand. Uh, yeah. Caveman to caveman, like yeah. simple language there, yeah. but the the female species, it's a whole complicated. Um, issue. Oh, bro. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously outnumbered with the three uh, women in in the house. Yeah. That's uh oh gosh, it's good. The but Lord, they're awesome. Yeah, they teach are. me so many things through daughters. Yeah. Um, we'll get we'll get we'll jump more into that world in the next bit here, especially you know the the stuff that God has called you guys to and what you're presently doing. But uh, just a, a quick throwback. So like, you know, coming in for me as a middle school student to this, uh, I moved to Rockland from uh, Mammoth Lakes and Eastern side of the Sierra Nevada is in California, five, six hours away, coming in fresh. And there's this youth ministry I found on a website. Uh, my parents were like, hey, we know you're angry. We moved, but you got to find a, uh, we got to find that a really how you found it. Yeah. And, you know, That's they, awesome. They were, because I was so angry because I had just had a ton of great friends and I was so pumped about living where I was. And mm. uh, they're like, all right, just, hey, you can choose the church. At least we go check out. And so I jump on the internet as a eighth grader can and maybe does at that time. And the only church that had a website for their youth ministry was this church called Sunset Christian Center. And the youth ministry website was called Detour. 
And uh, I was like, if they have a website, like this has got to be dope. This so, is dope. <laughs> After you waited five minutes for dial up to connect, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, this yeah, site yeah. is sick. And, and, and they went as like, like God bless uh, Kim and Dave Leatherman, who I'm, I'm, yeah. will ha- they will be guests on some point this year as well. Um, oh, nice. And I'll have to talk about this. But the website was as like, like cringe and cliche to literally a detour, like a construction detour sign as you could mm-hmm. possibly, everything around it was banners of like, you know, d- like don't go this. I mean, it was like that. So, uh, you're but welcome, I was like, Chase, <laughs> you're welcome for that. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so we went and I, and I, I, I freaking hated it. There was just kids, kids were <laughs> jumping like during worship, jumping up and down the front. And like, they were just weirdos. And I sat in the back being like, we'll never come back here. And then I went down, found my parents and they're like, what do you think? And I was like, nope. And like, well, we really, <laughs> we really enjoyed it. So I what'd think, you think? We think we're going to come back. <laughs> and, uh, and we kept coming back and I, they kept making me go. And, th- and then I went to this winter camp and I actually last on the last episode, I talked to Riley about this winter camp. John Bohr, I think was the speaker actually, if I think I remember right. And oh I think from he, Vegas, you had he to, was from Vegas at the time, I think. Yeah. And you had to be there because it, it was eighth grade, February, my eighth grade year, which would have been 2005. And I think when did you, what year did you graduate high school? 2004. Okay. So you had started year one of the internship. You were the, you were the origin mm-hmm. to interns for Kyle Marcia at that point. Never had, Damn never, man. never had the program. You guys were, you guys were, let's try this thing out. And, uh, and so, and you, I remember you made, I don't know if that was, that wasn't grow or die. Was it? Where, where did you make, do you remember, do you remember that? I think I made grow or die. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember when, but it probably was. Cause it was probably the first thing I ever got to do. Yeah. I remember, I remember that imagery that's connected uh-huh. to my memories of that snow camp or winter camp. So that's funny. Yeah. So that, and then that, that camp, that's where like I had a collision with the Lord for the first time in my life for real, like gave my heart to Jesus for real, baptized in the Chase, spirit. That was almost 20 years ago. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Almost 20, dude. Ah, ah. Okay, cool. So yeah, grow or die. Yeah. Grow or die. So, you know, once I, like gave my heart to the Lord for real and was like, Oh, I'm all in. Like, I want to be in ministry. I felt like God called me to ministry. I'm, I met Holly that night and it was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to marry her. That kind of thing. Yeah. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um, part of that was the, the, we talked what last episode, what Riley and I talked about just how incredible the youth ministry was and how Kyle Marcia led something that was just so uncommon and part of what contributed to that in large part was the people that they were leading and like the leaders that they had. And you and Vanessa were the start of those leaders. And uh, you very much so drew me to being into that place more and more and more. Cause I just thought at the time, like this dude is like, he's legit. He's cool. I want to be like him and probably unhealthily too much. So to on the like anno- <laughs> on the annoying middle school high school side of things, but um, but thought but thought to myself, if this dude can give part of his life to this stuff, this must be legit. Like why he could be doing something else, but he's here, and uh, and 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 that was that was the start. So then you were there all my eighth grade going into freshman, and then freshman year before you guys went off to Bible college for a little bit. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 
Yeah. But then you came back pretty quick from Bible college to, to lead the middle school ministry. And when we re- reconnected there. Yeah, that's right. We, we went, we were there for two years as interns when we went to Sierra college, which was the best. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Riley, then... Riley and I, Riley and I both remembered we, I was like, dude, we both, we, we, we finished like six units. He's like, I only finished three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, talk about grow or die. That's just die. die. Sierra College. It's 13th grade. It's hard. It's so rough to be motivated, especially because I love teriyaki is right across the street. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, I would eat there like every day and I, I had some, I had to make some life choices. Just like, <laughs> wow, I can't afford this. This isn't healthy, but this is so good. This is so good. So much better than sitting in whatever class brutal but yeah so then we did that and then we went away for two years but then during the last year of school we were driving back from santa cruz every weekend that's fun yeah saying it now makes it sound crazy but at the time someone was paying us to do youth ministry i was like oh we have we tricked them this is (laughs) the best yeah (laughs) yeah so it was wonderful yeah and and then you came back and led the the same exact ministry that I came into for you know that first time when I found it on the website that middle school detour you know junior high ministry. yeah and I think so while I was an intern though I got to lead worship in detour at some point that's right so I I don't know if you were in there yet but there was a season where I got to be worship leader in there with other junior hires and adults and that was a blast and that was really where I cut my teeth on music in general. Um, my, my memories back on being a junior high leader, things just the absolute best. I would do it again in a heartbeat. In fact, my daughter's 12. So her friends are all these junior hires, right? So, uh, her birthday was just a few months ago and she, she was like, I want to have my friends over and we'll go laser tag. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Like this, she's like, okay, dad, like, don't, don't. I'm like okay June trust me your friends are gonna think me and your mom are so dope that it's going to shock you and sure enough we just had the best time and it blew my daughter's mind but it was like the first time we've got to be back with junior hires in a long time so much so I had like this I wore like this wolf shirt to the laser tag for their friends and like by the end of the night I had her friends that were on my team in different parts and if i howled they would all howl yeah. <laughs> it was just it was blowing my daughter's mind and she was like at first embarrassed but then she was like oh it was awesome and same with vanessa like you know vanessa's so good with people and so those those years of junior high was so fun and yeah. just i love junior high students yeah. of that age in general yeah it's the best i still do yeah yeah, that made me think about our a mission trip we went on to Mexico. Uh, my freshman year, we went in two thousand five, two thousand six, and that you just—that's you, you, you have your ability to to rally people in any situation or moment to do literally anything, and it's like that was the, <laughs> that, that was the coolest thing we've ever done. Like that, that kind of thing happened so many times throughout my high school experience. That throughout when you were a part of that, whether it was like. Hey, burrito, whether it was, um, you know, just Dude. some kind of like everybody, like you started talking about Mountain Dew, like it was that good. And and, and it is. But and then little last or next thing I knew, everybody was drinking Mountain Dew unhealth, unhealthy. No, the best. This it was an experiment, though, in junior high, because in junior high, they're so 
moldable yeah. that we would tell we were we were teaching them like part of the reason why your faith journey is so important now is <clears throat> you get to decide right like right. You, you can decide this for yourself but you're so easily influenced and i and i told our junior high leaders about i was we had like a probably named it we name everything back then it's like yeah. oh we're doing this thing needs a name yeah so this probably had a name and i told a group of junior high leaders <clears throat> for the next few months i'm going to insert a few words into the vocabulary of our youth group so we're going to come up with like a word for cool i don't know if you remember this and it was the word slokey s-l-o-w-k-e-e -E. slokey i just made it up on the spot to prove to them that <laughs> Sometimes the things that we adopt in our life, somebody's doing it on purpose, you know, yep. whether what, whatever it is you like or listen to, you know, typical youth message. But it only took like three months. And I'll never forget, I was at a junior high Bouljon middle school for like lunch with these kids. And someone I didn't know said Slokey. And I, and I was with one of the junior high students, I think it's Joseph. And I was like, I told you, Dude. like I told you this works and they were buying shirts that said Slokey. Yeah, this is the dumbest <laughs> thing. And so, but then I told the youth group, I told them afterwards and it was an amazing object lesson, yeah. you know, of like, be careful, you yeah. know, about what it is you're adopting into your space. But that, that age group is so fun and, uh, and probably everything no, I haven't learned too many new things outside of that season there. It's just they've evolved, you know, and have grown. But we're we're still very much working on the things that we worked on when we were in junior highs. Yeah. You yeah. know, in some ways. Yeah. Managing it differently, but Yeah. yeah. The the two when I think about those years and being, you know, because you, you were you were a leader in that ministry for me. Um and and, and then at different moments really played a, not only a leader, but like a, a mentor role, an older brother mentor role. And we were both led by the same leader and had him as a mentor, Kyle, Kyle Marcia Bethke. And so we've got, we got some of their, their DNA in us just as Christian leaders and pastors, which, you yeah. know, uh, there's several that have come out of their leadership throughout the years. But I think we, we, Riley and I were talking about this last episode too. We, we had, I think just a unique because of how much they loved us, and I say us as in like you and Vanessa, um, Holly and I, and then Riley, you know, they they really made themselves available and poured into us. So we didn't just get like the Sunday night Kyle and Marcia youth pastors. Mm -hmm. We we got so much more, um, and uh, and so there's a unique connection I think even there that I have for the rest of my life with you because we all not only were in their ministry, but I also was led in under his leadership when I went back on staff for a little while too. Uh, but thinking about, thinking about you over those years, the two, one of the two of the biggest things that stand out and, and, and two of the biggest things that made an impact on me was um, I had never seen somebody at that point in my life. So just, I was real raised in church, but not a Christian until that eighth grade camp, uh, which you were at. But then over the next four or five years, as I was really being formed into who uh, learning how to be a Christian and a, and a leader, you were around a lot of that too. And I'd never seen anybody fo follow Jesus and it be as fun. And, and like you weren't, you weren't morphed into this, you know, I don't know, but for lack of better terms, like prim and proper, like 
collared shirt, you know, like I've got to, you always, yeah, I see, I see how things have gone out. No, you, you, you just always like, I, at any, at any moment I knew you could go right into a situation with a group of people that knew nothing about Jesus that were cool, that were, or just whatever, or even like in some bad stuff. And you were going to be like the most effective person to be around them for the, for Jesus, because of your ability to be not this you know, story or a stereotypical kind of like what people thought Christians were like. I just never seen anybody do that. I never seen anybody be themselves like you were, but be, but bring fun to this. Like following Jesus was fun. And then, but you also gave it your all. Like it wasn't like you were half in and half out. Um, and I think that's what drew me so much was like, man, if, if following Jesus can look like this, and then I really do want to be, I want to learn more and be more a part of it. So that was one. And, and that's continued over the years. I've seen you just, that's, that's you, you are, you let who you are uh, come through, but you, you let Jesus work on the stuff that he needs to work on, but you don't temper or stop the Jordan from coming out in the moments. And then just the very um, pure uh, comedy side of how I have, I tell Holly this, we've talk, talked about this several times throughout our marriage. Um, like who, like, because we do 20 question kind of things at times and, you know, just whatever. And whenever we ask a question about who's, who, if you, if you needed to bring the funniest person on the planet that you know to this thing or something like that, every, and both of us have had it, but I've used it more. Our answer is you. I, my answer is always, That's stupid. Dude, I, I know you probably wouldn't, you don't care or you, you wouldn't think that or you wouldn't receive that. But I'm like there, I, because how I gauge it, is like in any situation there's so it doesn't there's not a perfect scenario where that person is funny it's like it literally could be we haven't slept for two nights on a mission trip or whatever and you know everybody wants to kill everybody but you you're able to somehow say something or do something that is like or like you have it all teed up for you you have the ability to go from nothing to it's all teed up and you do it and then how i also gauge it is the belly laughing like when i'm laughing so hard i have to close my eyes and it's in my belly. <laughs> Stupid. You, there's not another person. There's not a comedian. There's not. There's not a Kevin Hart. There's nobody else that I, I have watched and listened to that has given me the most belly laughs in my life than Jordan well, Abina. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I, I really, I'm thankful because it's real. And, and, man, I that that piece of that for me is, uh, it's special because I know it's part of who you are, but it's how you you live your life and you, you don't take it all too seriously. And you, you, you see moments and with people to, to take moments to make memories. Like, I mean, I have a lot of those moments of memories with you along those sides. So those are yeah. some things that I, uh, I just know I needed to communicate, you know, because no, I appreciate of, that. I I'm thankful for that. And I appreciate those kind words, but the, the first thing you said about, um, being a Christian and having fun, I think I didn't know any, I didn't know the rules right. and, and, and my leaders weren't putting any on me necessarily. They were emphasizing personal integrity, you know, and, uh, and character and, and don't get me wrong. There was all kinds of, all, all many moments where I, there was a line and I crossed and okay, got to come back. I mean, not, not necessarily like too much, but for me, I, I didn't know the these rules of youth group. You know, I didn't really... I met Kyle when I was 
Calmarcia, Vanessa and I were 17. I mean, they were 21 and 24. So right. I mean, they were very young too. So it was fun, you know, like, and they were letting us learn freely and then be ourselves. What a blast, yeah. you know, and what a shame it is for so many who have a, a picture of Christianity that means less of anything. Why would right. it be less of anything? You know, uh, yeah, um, if, if by less you mean like, okay, well, there are things that I can't do anymore. Well, that's everything. Get married, get a job. There's going to be things you can do less of. Right. Um, but, but for the blessing and benefit of those contracts or relationships and whatever. So, and ultimately, you know, I don't, when it comes to walking with Christ, I think anything that Christ has ever asked me to do has ultimately been for my blessing. And I wouldn't say I knew that when I was 17, but now I do. So <clears throat> I like laughing. I like having fun. There's a way to do it that brings people in. There's a way to do it, tears people down. And, you know, that's the balance of all that stuff. But yeah, because yeah. sometimes those moments can get out of hand. It's always the, it's always the people who join you. Isn't it? So like, you'll be saying something funny and then here comes someone else and they're like, yeah. <laughs> they want to add into it. And yeah. you're like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Because <laughs> you know, I'm not actually wanting to hurt this person, you know, yeah. but, or whatever. But yeah, I think that season was super great and it locked in some things for me and for you, I think. Yeah, it did. And um, I enjoy that. You know, I, I enjoy laughing and I, why 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 wouldn't that be the the case you know right. not that everybody feels like they're a comedian i don't but i get around a certain group of people and it's super fun and and uh i don't think that's what people expect also from right maybe church or people who who should be the most normal people on the planet i think christians i really do i think they should be the most normal because if by normal you mean like the most human person to ever live is Christ, fully human, without sin. So he's a really good example, I think. And then, you know, like Philippians 4 says, you can rejoice whenever you want. And then to let your reasonableness be known, you know, and a lot of people aren't very reasonable, especially in, in our season of life, but... There's some days though where I'm not super like into life or laughing, but yeah. hopefully on on most days, yeah, I don't take things. I take whatever the Lord says pretty seriously. Everything else, it's all good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Ask me in ten years. I'm still yeah. too young to give anyone advice about life. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you 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 gave some and lived some, you know, in that season for me. Uh, that, you know, in large part even helped the trajectory of me stepping into, although I did not complete the internship and I quit early. <laughs> oh man. How could you, dude? We talk, we talk, we talk, we said this also last, last episode, but just the irony of, you know, two of the people that probably would have been, you know, pegged as like, oh yeah, for sure they'll do two years, you know, like, you know, there there was only one person in the entire program at that point that only had did one, but I don't think there was anybody. Maybe there was one or two. I can't remember that quit or didn't complete. But but how we we quit six months in, and then uh, we both ended up even before 
some other, yeah, we, I, one, like we both got jobs back at that same church, um, before any of the, <laughs> before any of those, uh, maybe, maybe they might've been one, but I just, I just was, we both were like, I don't know, maybe it was the right, it was the right call because those, <laughs> no, I, but, but that was, uh, that was a season that you, uh, your, your life really helped help help that trajectory of like man I, oh yeah no th- these guys are going into full-time ministry it wasn't just a two-year quick hot internship and then off to whatever land it was this is part of what god's forging and building into who we're called to be and in watching you guys do it as a couple was really incredible as well i know it's something that i begin to see those seeds sowed in me Kyle Marcia were great examples but you know they came as a couple i watched you guys kind of like you know, date, be engaged, get married and be doing it. So I'm like, I saw, I saw a picture of what could be for my life. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, that's, that's it. And that's really part of the path that obviously I followed in that. So, um, yeah, man, just had to share some of the origins of that because, uh, you're, yeah, there was, it it goes along with 20, 20 years is, is almost, yeah, that's kind of, that's that's gross to think about 20 years. (laughs) So, you know, the, uh, the, I'd love to hear, you know, part of the jump that you've made, uh, because you guys were pastors in, um, in, a, in the, the, the church that we just talked about, but then yeah, Napa Valley for how many years were you guys in Napa? Seven. Okay. Seven years. Uh, and you had a few different roles there and some different seasons, uh, but something just began to stir. Can you, can you just give me a little bit about the, like, where, where did the missions and missionary thing come from and like how has the jump from living stateside your entire life to doing a like i'm literally going to move to a different country and immerse myself in it and live there for x amount of years to do what god's called us to do as missionaries pastors etc like how where did it start and like how did how did you make the jump out just that kind of journey give me a little bit more of that man that's such a that's a hard one um because if I if I truly think on where did it really start, when did it when was it not started? You know, like if, sure. if we're on this journey, sure, I can think of things when I was junior high pastor that set me up for a little p- portion of my life here. So, so besides the general answer of you know the Lord's at work from the beginning, I would say any time I came back from a missions trip ever minus a couple i was like i'll just go do that it's it seems simpler for me i'm not saying it is better or or worse or anything but to me there was like less in my perception less hoops to jump through in order to do stuff it was just need fill need and do that thing um, but then I would come back to the States and get back to my life and enjoy it. Um, so I, I think on this time at, in Napa, we, we, I oversaw missions there for the last season we were there and some people here, Mark and Daylene, good. And they've been serving here for a while and we supported them. And so I led a team from our church there to here. And I visited and I was like, that same old, you know, like, oh man, like I could do that for sure. Um, and, and looking and things like, oh, wow, there's a lot of things that are built into me that I think would be a blessing. 
when we came back from that trip, my wife was with us, was, was with me. And she was like, I shared that. She was like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, no, no, no more talking about it either. <clears throat> but she doesn't really <clears throat> ever feel that strongly about something. So I was just like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. And uh, we kind of moved on. And so then I, I sent an email back to the people here, though, because I was like, well, we want to come back, take a different team. Now that I had seen it, I felt like we would be able to figure out how we could be a blessing a little bit easier. And they emailed us back and said, well, we wanted to know if you would come here for a year while we go back home for the States. Would you come and take over the church for a year? I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I'm going to have to run this by someone, you know? Um, now we were at, we were full-time at the church as pastor. So it's not like we could just do that. So we talked about it with our pastor and I was like associate pastor and he was kind of on board with it. And, uh, but a year was too long, just even for our family. So we went for three months, our whole, our whole crew. And, uh, we came here in the summer and it slows down in the summer a lot. So it wasn't too crazy. But while we were here, we really felt like the Lord speaking to us about, we could come if we, if we wanted to, he would, he would be here when we got here. So mm -hmm. it wasn't that necessarily we were like hearing God close doors. Hey, you're done in Napa. Um, and it's and I have this thing for you. It was this thing is here. If you want to be here, I'll be here, and we could do this together. Or when you yeah. get back to Napa, I got some great things for you there. Um, I think that which just to pause for a second. I think that that's I think that that's huge in regards to just how God can speak sometimes. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people. I, I I'd love for you even to expound a tiny bit more on that, just because I think it's it's so huge. And I just think a lot of people mis have a misconception around that. Like sometimes. Like they're waiting and looking for that really, really, really clear one way direction, audible voice of God kind of direction. But a lot of the yeah. time he really does have that. Hey, I'll be in both. Uh, and I can bless both. Yeah. But I, he, I think there are times where we probably, the God wants me, us to do something. There's biblical examples right. of that. No, this, sure. this is what I want you to do. Sure. And if you don't do it and you don't do it this way in this time, then you may be wandering around here for 40 yeah. years. Yeah. Or even like the Jonah, like it's disobedience straight up. Like if you, you mm -hmm. aren't going exactly where he's calling you, when he's calling you, you're in, you're in, in disobedience. Exactly. And that's the point. Pastor Brett told me this a while ago. He said that God is on the side of God is on the up. God is on the other side of every door that doesn't require sin to walk through it. Oof. And I was like that, that is good my friend. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so great line. Um, the God of the universe, the God of all adventure, he has things that we could step into, I think. And, uh, and we should, but we didn't know, um, felt like we wanted to for sure. But we also had a lot of great things back in Napa, things that we still mourn over that we're not a part of. Yeah. But you know, that kind of gets into the question of like, I have never, thought about being a missionary ever in my life and I still have trouble with it now like you can you know I came to terms with I, that people needed to call us that in order for us to like raise the funds and do the right. do the thing but what what do we mean because I live in a different country now I mean I suppose but you call it whatever you want you know I, I feel like for us we've tried our best not perfectly Vanessa and I have tried our best to just say yes when we feel like the Lord is 
saying that we can or should do something. This was just one of those things. So makes sense. made sense to no one, broke some hearts on the way, still have to navigate loving our family and right. taking the grandkids away and very hard. Um, but at the same time, we, we know for sure that the Lord asked us to come and do this. And so we, we did. And, you know, we're, and we're learning the language and very hard. But I, it's also a part of my personality. So like this idea of, <clears throat> we love that passage where you were know, like, God knows the desires of our heart. What, what I have discovered is God knows the desires of my heart that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think when we hear that verse, at least for me, I always think about, okay, well, God knows this thing that I want. Right. And I also know it. Right. But God knows this thing that I want that I am not even there to know that I want that yet. Because I can't even, I'm just not there. Sure. You know, so like I was reading yesterday, like C.S. Lewis when I was reading the, my, my wife got me this Bible that has all of C.S. Lewis's work scattered in it, depending on the passage that it relates to. That's it's, right. It's That's awesome. right. So yesterday I was reading from Matthew 20 something, 24, or 25. And, and they're trying to trap Jesus and they're like, okay, well these two were married and then the husband died. And so the brother has to marry the wife and it happens like seven times. So at the resurrection, who is, whose wife is this? And uh, Jesus goes on to say, it's not even going to be like that. Like, there's not going not gonna to be marriage and things like that. And and for us, we're like, we, we feel the shock of it. Like, what? Right. Like, I'm not going to have a, we're not going to be married? Like, well, that's terrible news, you know? And C.S. Lewis is like, it's like when you're talking to a child about one day you're going to be married. And it's like, incredible, right? And it's from mere Christianity. And he's like... the relationship, the intimacy, it's going to be great. And the kid's like, okay, yeah, but is there going to be chocolate? Like, will there be chocolate? (laughs) And you're like, well, trust me, you're not even going to be thinking about chocolate. Like (laughs) when, when you're in this amazing thing, but for the kid, his, his height of pleasure and enjoyment and what he knows and desires in this fictional example is chocolate. And so he rec, he, he goes, well, is there going to be chocolate? Yeah, I know you're saying this is great, but is there chocolate? And we do the same thing. Yeah. So I, I, it's going to be like this. And we're like, okay, but I'm going to have my wife though, right? Like right. I'm going to be married in heaven, right? And he's like, oh, you, there's not going to be, you're not even going to be thinking about that because right. this thing you have now is almost a supplement. It's a precursor to this great thing. So I think in this last season, I've learned that there are desires in my heart that I, that I didn't realize and um, from maturity, needing to learn things, just learning myself, allowing the Lord to maybe even put new desires in my heart. So, and coming here is, I think, really done that. Um, I think that can happen wherever you are, though. But for for our story, yeah, for yeah. sure here, and and I like it here. And, yeah. Um, it, it was. Uh, it came at a right time, like in the political climate of the states. Like when we left, I was kind of like, "See ya." Like yeah. I was disappointed on yeah. so many levels about so many things, especially from from our tier of people. You know, yeah. of not not necessarily specific people, just Christians in general, and and the things we were saying to each other, and so it was kind of a reprieve from that for a little bit. Yeah. 
And I've just, yeah, I could go on and on about those things, but I'll stop there, I guess. The, the, I think one of the things that a lot of people, if they begin to have like, whether it's jumping into being a missionary or something like that, or just another kind of pretty gigantic faith step that requires such a shift of lifestyle and, and a leaving of things that you're comfortable with. Um, I think a lot of people have moments like that where whether they're they, they consider like God starts to speak or starts to stir, but just the thought of letting go of what you have. It's rough. Is rough, right? Like it, that, and it's got to be one of the biggest things that holds people back from actually making the jump because they're like, "Am I actually gonna like, like, not live in my house that I bought that I've been waiting my whole life to finally buy? Am I actually gonna like only take three suitcases of whatever and whatever, whatever the cost is that people begin to actually go yeah. through to go, you know?" And so I, I just wonder how many people that even would be listening to this have had some kind of like seed deposit in at some point in their life, but they've they've just they've let it lay dormant because the cost seemed to be too high. What would you say to that? Because you, you obviously had to consider that and still live in moments where I'm sure, like you said, you still are grieving mourning things that you've left um, into some degree, but, but you, but maybe you are now seeing a greater, even maybe to the metaphor you just shared with the CS Lewis thing. What would you say to that to somebody that's like, man, I mean, I, I'm listening to this and I am remembering some of the things that God spoke about, yeah. but I, it just seems like I just, what if I miss this here? Or what if I, you know, just how would you encourage or challenge that person? Yeah. It's the Bilbo Baggins thing. It, Tolkien does a beautiful job of expressing this because Bilbo has everything he wants. And the Hobbitons are all about their place and their food and their history. And that's what they like. And they do not want to be disturbed with any type of adventure. And then we have the Gandalfs and the and the people come into our life and this the the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying like I have more for you you know and um, whether it be Peter coming out of a boat and then going back and then coming back out again you know um, there's all kinds of stories of Christ speaking to the idleness I think and something that you'll that you find and you have you've been to other places in the world is the American dream is just an American dream. Not everybody has that dream. So everybody has their different cultures have what's important to them. So the French, Americans rest so they can go back to work and French people work so they can go back to rest. So it's reversal. So they vacation so well here and they, they, they're, there's school vacation every six weeks here. So, so that's wild. So like right when we were getting our groove, there was another vacation. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm paying you good money to keep these kids in school now. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know? So it's like a totally different culture here. What that's done for me is unpacked. First of all, what's important. Um, the French really put an emphasis on each other. Meals are long. Meals are delicious. Nothing's rushed in regards to that. I would have never experienced that beforehand. And so I think there's no way around the fact that sometimes God asks us to to leave things and it's hard. And why should it not be hard? Yeah. The hardness of it should reveal something. You know, like, and it surely does, and I'm sure it's unique for each person, but the hard part of leaving these things is definitely a excavation 
yeah of what matters to us and uh, what we worship you know and um i i realized too things i worshiped that i didn't realize i did not that i would you would i would ever use those words or even put them on anyone else it's just that as there the gap between us and them things we watched where we went expanded they just dissipated and then all of a sudden i had this time back that I didn't have before and i guess it's um the parable that comes to mind is that the man who finds a great treasure in the field and so he what does he do he sells every single thing that he owns to have that treasure that's awesome jesus but super not that's so hard like what do you mean he sells everything that he owns like everything or just like a lot of things because i can get i can get on board with a lot of things but if it's everything i have some questions (laughs) you know so um but isn't the journey though i think chase like is it not this walk with the lord where we drop less things and pick up more his things yes so so because one of the things we do i think and we have to stop this is we almost idolize missionaries these 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 are real people okay and and the lord's asked them to do something but the lord is asking something of you equally And, and this is humongous this is this is huge this this dualism thing that we allow people to believe where there's a sacred part of us and life and reality and then there's this the secular part of life and and reality to where well there's missionaries and then there's people who work at Mel's diner and they're they're separate you know one is a a calling one is a calling and the other is not just show me in the in that that doesn't make any sense but it's easy to let that slip in and what we need to do and, and I think this is to answer your question, maybe I'm not presuming that a fact, but partly stuff that holds us back because we don't feel like we're worthy of that or like, well, yeah, I will. I, I hear that Lord, but I, I, I need to get these things in order. And right. Jesus is like, well, you can let the dead bury their dead. I have something for you. Super harsh. That doesn't fit like the, you won't yeah. find that on the. No. At Lemstone Bible bookstore on the right. on the mug, right. let the dead bury their dead. <laughs> but Jesus says those things because he's he's very serious about like, no, I have something for you that would blow your mind, and it it it's gonna be tough, and you have to leave things, and but we don't even know some of the desires of our heart, and I have stumbled into them here, mm. and I would have never, I would have never ever seen them. But that doesn't make me any more or less than the the 21 year old who has no clue what to do with their life um we have this uh these 24 7 prayer gatherings we had one last weekend and i was praying with a young girl we were in a group it was this young girl from nigeria and she just finished her master's here you know what her question was with the lord what's next and (laughs) from the course of that prayer time, I was, I had three shifts and I heard at least one person in those three times say, Lord, what's next? One was what's next about my job. What's next about my apartment situation? Cause they're moving back to Paris. And then another one. And so it was really in my mind like this, what's next. And I wrote about it a little bit 
and it was just this fear of, of the unknown that we have. And but maybe I think that Christians are the only people who don't should not have fear of the unknown. Doesn't mean we can't be nervous, and and doesn't mean we can't have fear of the unknown. It's just that we know that the Lord is already there. So yes. it isn't fully unknown. It needs to be discovered. It needs to be walked through. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, right? But have you ever put a lamp at your feet? It's not very bright. It, like right. it's just like it's like two feet radius, right. or like if you're living here, like a meter. <laughs> yeah. And but that's not like the mag light that you go out with with your dad, who has more gear than Bear Grylls himself. <laughs> you know, like where you shine a, a flashlight and it's and it's daytime now. You know, right. and all the animals are like, wake up. <laughs> like that's, it's not that type of light. And it yeah. won't ever be that type of light, I don't think. And yeah. at least I haven't experienced that in my life. You and I can sit here all day with hindsight 2020 and talk about ourselves as youth, path, youth pastors and how this and that. But at the time we were just like, just trying to work it out, totally. you know, and, and by the grace of God, um, beauty came from it. But I think when it comes to leaving our stuff, what a wonderful grace that we are given to even do that. Because Jesus is trying to say, you do realize all of that stuff will be gone and you don't even care at all about it. So what does it say about your heart that you do care now? You know, and let's work that out. Let's talk about it. And doesn't matter if you get on a plane, you go to France, or if you decide, you know what, I'm going to start working at my job for the glory of God. Jesus is going to, he's going to do that. He's going to do some great work, you know? And yeah, I don't know. I went on a, a monologue there, but no, I, so I think good. we glorify sometimes like the wrong things. I'm like, yeah. oh man, these missionaries are giving it all away. And I get that. I, I do. I see that. And it's, it's tough, but I think those choices are in front of everyone. Yeah. And the Lord is in, is in both. Yeah. And uh, so if you're, to answer your question, if you're, if there's someone you feel like, oh, the Lord has said that stuff to me, well, just get real with that, you know? And all right, Lord, I haven't forgotten. I know you haven't forgotten. How can I start down that journey? You know, and when I hear that story, Lord, about selling everything I own and like buying it, that's really intimidating. I don't know what to do about that. So at least I'm just going to start talking about this, yeah. you know, and knowing that the the Lord has, he's going to show you some of the things that you desire. You don't even realize it yet. And those things are going to make you so happy. Um, but there's only so much room in a heart. There's only so much room. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. true for me, man. I, I, I've had to let go of so much more than I've picked up in order to experience the the things God has for me. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I, uh, yeah, that's so, it's in so true. I have so many different layers there. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned in that there, there a moment just about the, the, the 24 hour prayer, uh, thing that's, mm-hmm. that's been started. And as you're getting ready to step into like this nonprofit coffee shop, um, so a couple questions about that or just more <laughs> so like just a, a, a snapshot, if you will, even, uh, kind of uh how what is what is that how did it get started but also i think the thing that i'm really interested in talking about on a personal level too is is just this thing around prayer Mm. because um for me personally like since a conversation well in january 2022 i I began to meet with a group of um 
older Christians who have been there, done that, seen a lot of things, and you know they're in their seventies and eighties, and they want to invest in young pastors. I got invited to just come to a monthly prayer lunch, you know, eleven to one on every third or fourth Monday, whatever it is. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's been awesome. That was January twenty twenty two, right? I started going. You know, it was a little bit like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, I, I do know some of them, and so I trusted them, but I also was like, are we gonna are we gonna pray for two hours? Like, I got a lot of things to. <laughs> To, For get, sure, yeah. to do, you know, I mean, my, Mondays, I'm already kind of just mentally, emotionally recovering a little bit still from Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I gear, I go up to the pinnacle of the spiritual, like, uh, adrenaline on Sunday and come down mm-hmm. pretty hard once it's all done. So to get a revamp of that into a prayer time just feels like it's unnecessary. <laughs> it's part of <laughs> oh, um, that's great. And, uh, and, but over the course of the year, you know, I begin to see that these men and women have arrived at something. And and that is over the course of their 40, 50 years of following Jesus, ministries, crazy miracles, pastors come and go. They've been they've been pastors, they've been missionaries, all these different things. That where what they what they're sitting with right now in their late years of life is prayer. And that's what they're most excited about, and that's what they want more of. And that's what they think is making the most impact in their life and will it make the most impact in the kingdom. And so I began to pick up on this differently and just go, what, you know, what, what is this here? Yeah. You're not talking about a ministry strategy that you loved from 30 years ago. You're not talking about even a book that you read that changed your life. You're just sitting here going like, we want more of God and we're going to, we need to pray. And, um, and so something, something happened. Um, I just begin a seed begin to get deposited in January. So then I had this conversation with you to check in and, and just really connect and see how things are going with where you guys are and yeah. hear more, hear more about this thing. I saw you guys communicate um, yeah. with this the coffee thing. And, and you started just to share about this stuff with prayer that God had just been stirring up in you. And so my, my ears perked up a little bit and uh, cause of where I had been a little bit this year, but it was really that conversation that turned a corner for me to go, okay, God, you're you're definitely doing something that isn't um it's it's not something I can keep on the back burner or the back shelf for I, I it actually has to come more front and center and I actually need to be be pursuing you more consistently with what are you wanting to do in me and then what are you wanting to do through me um and my ministry my church whatever in this season with with this with prayer yeah that's and cool. so. So that's, that's part of why I want to talk about it personal, just because I, you know, we haven't had a chance to follow up yet. And this is somewhat of that, but, um, but w- will you dive into that a little bit? So, so you, y- what is this coffee shop, you know, with, besides it being a nonprofit, why, why did you see this, um, this prayer, 24 hour prayer thing? Just tell me a little bit more about, about it and, and the heartbeat behind it and, and what's going on. I'll start personally before we came. And it even ties into the last one. When we when we realized that what it was going to take to come here, there's definitely a, a, a like a, a season of grieving that you know, it's all cool until you do it. Yeah, you know, it's like such a cool <laughs> idea. And then the day that we were supposed to announce to our church that we were leaving was the first day that COVID closed our doors. Jeez. So then it was delayed till like October. Yeah. And then we did. And then now we were trying to fundraise in COVID and nobody's open. (laughs) Literally like as we made phone calls and emails, they're like, yeah, we're not open right now. Like, okay, cool. But 
help. <laughs> so, like, I was can like, I jump? We have can I jump on your? Dumbest. Can I jump on your Zoom meeting with your church and? Yeah, you know, like your heart. I, I hear that you're not open, but like, just can you just money? Help, money. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, like, <clears throat> super discouraging, yeah. and like sc- scary. That's more not discouraging. I was super scared. Like, yeah, whoa. So. I felt like the Lord said a few things to me because I reached out to a bunch. When I left, um, I set up some, I set up like a board um, basically. And I asked a group of people to oversee us as we did this process. I didn't want to be left out in the cold. And I had never been a part of a season thus far where I didn't have people in authority on some level over me. So I asked some peers and I asked some pastors and asked just some friends that I could check in with monthly and to hold me accountable. So as we did that, I felt like the Lord said a few things to me. Three, <clears throat> one was that I was going to have to get out of the driver's seat of my life, which I don't even have a passenger seat when it comes to my life. <laughs> like it, It's me. And then two, that I was going to have to ask for help, which a lot of times for me, I don't ask for help. It's like a sign of weakness or like, I don't need your help. Or sometimes, truthfully, like, I just don't think I need your help. Um, sure. I got it. You know, sure. I'm not trying to be cool at all. I'm like, no, I, I got this. Solid. And then um, the third one was that I, that whatever was coming for us, ministry-wise, was going to revolve around prayer. Now, I mean, I've been in ministry since I was a kid, so it's not like I didn't pray. But I knew that it was something else like it, it was something else but i don't think i knew exactly what and still still discovering that now but <clears throat> so i felt like the one thing that i could do that was most proactive about that was like asking people for help so i did ask a lot of people for help and it was humbling experience which i think was the whole point and it was beautiful because so many people helped it was just it was very cool so then we get here to france fast forward <clears throat> and we're here and so now we're we're starting to do stuff. And I totally forgot about the three things that the Lord had spoken to me. I kind of felt like those three things were for the season of getting us here. Does that make sense? Yep. Like if yep. you do these three things, then trust me, you're going to get to France. Yep. So then we get to France and now I'm, I'm back on the driver's seat, you know, and I'm skipping gears because I've been itching, you know, to get there, to get it. back to work. And I think probably like six months in, I just, I realized in my frustration, I was frustrated and not knowing what I was frustrated about. And the Lord said, like, I never said that those things were done. And quite frankly, I think that those things might be forever. Um, And Mm. I realized that. I don't remember where I was when I realized that, or maybe if it was like just a time I shared about that with my wife and and so that just kind of started doing some unpacking again. Like, um I don't want to do the same things I've always done. And and so the prayer thing is what kind of came to the surface. And in that process of talking, the reason why I said I set up some people is one of those people, her name is Marla, she got me kind of on a some spiritual formation track of just looking at spiritual formation, Henry Nowen and 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 these some of these 
thinkers in this way, Christian mysticism, like a con contemplative yes. type of vibe. And man, I was just drinking that up. I mean, yeah. I was just feeling so enriched by that. <clears throat> and um, I came across a few books, but like kind of my mind opened up to we when you in Christian history, the two main the two main um, veins, if you will, that you hear most about is like the Roman Catholic vein and the Protestant vein in the Reformation. Those are like the two big ones. And you right. would get a lot of airtime to those. But during that same century, like in the in Ireland, there's a whole different world happening through St. Patrick and the church that takes place in Ireland. And uh, I kind of stumbled into that through some of those books and authors. And it was just like, whoa, wow. Like there's more than just <clears throat> the Catholic and the Protestant kind of perspective. Not that those are bad. There's just, this is a, a, a totally different one. Yeah. And, um, and what really struck me was how he spoke about prayer, contemplative, imaginary, you know, using our imagination, just really free and loose and open and not so rigid and, um, praying all the time, um, being just kind of a person of, of prayer. And so I, I started to really get after that, which led me eventually to discover 24 seven prayer as the movement. And I was handed a book, Red Moon Rising and a book called Dirty Glory. And so I really enjoyed those. And, um, during that time, I met a woman who was at our church and she told me that she had like, she used to have a coffee shop downtown. And I was like, cool. Um, good for you. Um, <laughs> awesome. Cause she didn't have it anymore. It's like she, she rents it out to some person who sells clothes. And, uh, and in France, if you, you're on a lease, you sign a three, six or nine year lease. And, uh, they were on like a nine year lease, I think. So I was just like, cool story. <laughs> like, Thank you for sharing. Um, and then a few months later, she called me and she's like, that person wants out. Would you like this building? It's like, wow. Um, sure. I need to think about that, pray about that. I mean, that's not a part of the plan. I had no, I, I'd never shared like some idea about having a coffee shop ever. So then we, excuse me, we talked about it, prayed about it, asked some of my, asked some of those same people. It just kind of seemed like a God opportunity to go and, and potentially have it as a second base because in France, like there's the, there's just like 1% of the population would consider themselves an evangelical Christian, 1%. Oh. And then, um, people don't come to church in the same way. It's, it's, it's a cult. It's, it's, it's actually a cult here to be a Christian, you know, go to church and be considered a cult little bit differently in the way that we say that word back in the States, but relatively close. So when I have told people like I'm at a church, like, Oh wow. Like those, they're still doing that. Like with, <laughs> with total, with total sincerity, right. right. Not trying to be rude. They had no idea that those things were still happening. <clears throat> I've talked with people, young people who are leaning up against this church building, old church building. And I asked them, do you know what this is? And they have, not even, not even the slightest clue. So it's just a different environment here. And yet a coffee shop, you know, is like a, a water, a watering hole, you know, for a lot of people. And so I was like, maybe, okay, Lord, if you, 
if you're into this. Um, and then I decided, I heard of that 24-7 prayer was having a, um, a conference in Ireland. And I've always wanted to go to Ireland anyway. And so I went by myself, which was weird. I've never gone to a conference by myself, let alone on fly to a conference by myself. But the thing is here, Chase, like that flight was like, like maybe a hundred euro, you know, 120 there and back because wow. I'm so close. So I still have this yeah. mindset. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being in the States, I, I went there and back. It was, it was stupid. <laughs> so anyway, um, when they were, when I was there, it was like the way that I expressed it was I had found like a, my tribe of people. Like they were saying all the things that I have kind of felt over the years, even that I tried to express in um, Thoughts of a Dying Worship Leader, like this yeah. idea that we come up to the edge and we're good with the edge and then we preach about the edge we gather people at the edge and then right in front of us is this massively deep abyss of who God is, but we're satisfied with the edge. And I can't stand that, you know, like I, I hate that, you know, it frustrates me. And I wasn't, I'm not really, wasn't sure how to get past it, you know, like what do I do? And, and prayer, I think was the thing that the Lord has well, mm. always had in front of us that we, we make very small. And, um, just the the leaders and people at 24/7 prayer they just do a really good job of um resourcing people and 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 pushing people towards prayer i couldn't i highly recommend anybody going on 247prayer.org there's tons of resources on there and so anyway i was there and i was just loving it man and and you can still go and listen to the the sessions to the, uh, the to the conference sessions online and they're fantastic um, but in there I, I sat down or I there was there was all these representatives going up there 24-7 prayer South Africa 24-7 prayer Peru so on and so forth all around the world <clears throat> so I went up to somebody with a lanyard afterwards and I was like you know can I can you tell me who 24-7 prayer France is I want to meet them I just want to tell them that we're in Grenoble and we, we've done at this point we had done one 24-hour prayer gathering and I was like and we, and we kind of feel like we want to do these and he's like well there is no one you should talk to this guy Brian they said and I was like well I don't I don't know anyone so pretend I'm off the street who's Brian I, I, I don't know anything and they're like oh and he pointed it was this guy and it was basically like the guy who was running the whole conference so I was like no thanks. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do that, you know, because you know, like when you go to a conference and then when people come off the stage and they have that circle around them, yeah, that's yeah. that guy. And yeah. so I was already like, nope, not nice. gonna do that. So thank you. So <laughs> then I went back to the hotel or that evening. I felt like the Lord was like, so you're gonna come all this way, um, and not like do that. I'm like, oh, you're gonna come anyway. <laughs> so. I did the thing I hate the most. So the yeah. next day at the conference, I I'm, I make a resolve in my mind to go and talk to this guy. But sure enough, he comes off the stage and there's like 10 people around him and they're all talking. And so I'm doing that thing where I'm the like 10 feet away from that circle, just waiting, the hover. kind of hovering around. <laughs> and like he sees me, I see him, but he really can't get away. 
I'm dying inside because <laughs> I'm breaking a vow to myself, <laughs> you know, and I'm like that guy who's like hanging around and just want to be talk mm. to him. And uh, I wait like 20, 25 minutes of just doing this. Okay. So it was, it was brutal. And like, people are asking me to leave because they need to clean up the room. I'm that guy. I'm like, yeah, I just, but I'm here to talk to him. Like, yeah. and they're like, does he know? And I'm like, I like, no, like it doesn't <laughs> just, if you could just please, I'm really in pain. Just go away. I'm waiting. <laughs> so anyway, he finally like makes his way over and I'm like, so sorry. I know you got places to be. I just want to introduce myself. He's like, Jordan, right? From France. And I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, yeah, my, I think his name was Jake or Jason. Jason told me about you. He's like, can we do coffee tomorrow? I was like, wow. Like, yeah, I would love that. I'm here by myself. So he's like, cool. So tomorrow, the next day we, we meet up for coffee and, um, he's like, I got 30 minutes. And I was like, I'm surprised we're having this. I mean, this guy's running the, the show here, but we stayed and talked for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And as I was talking with him, he's like, well, you've read dirty glory, right? Which is that book that I was, and I'm like, well, yeah, he's like, well, you know, the, the guy, Brian in the book, I'm like, He's like, that's me. That's my story. So he, pastor, left his stuff, goes to Avitha, party like crazy place, opens up 24-7 prayer. Crazy testimony. I, I highly suggest everybody could go read Dirty Glory. But Yeah, the um, name of the book again, what would you say it was? Dirty Glory. Yeah, really great. And uh, so we just kind of hit it off. And we've been talking on Zoom once a month. And we've been going after these prayer times. And the idea is... Not to like just have a prayer room, but to have a rhythm of prayer in your life. And you you were even saying something earlier that triggered that thought of like these these um, Sunday experiences, and then the drop off that we don't talk about, yeah. or, or or it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be Monday. It's when you're leaving the parking lot, totally right, and the cup is empty, right, like so done and depending on how that day goes it could be negative you know like because i know you know this i've left services in the in the back in the day and still do but like and they could be awesome but just like something's up and i'm done <laughs> you know like i'm done and uh what i have found that i have been missing with prayer is this idea of praying morning, noon, and night, and anchoring everything around these times has balanced out this equation to where, well, no, it's not balanced. It's balancing. I, I think it can be, and it helps with this, of where like um, I'm, I'm anchored in these times where I know I'm going to be with Jesus and get to talk and get to be together, and, and it's, not root, it's not routine, it's not scripted, but it's time that I've decided to anchor my life, which means if I'm praying from 12 to 12.05, right? And there's no, it's not about how long, let's say 12 to 12.15 or something. And someone asked me to do lunch. I say I can meet them at 12.30. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to move yeah. it. I'm not moving anything for this. And what I have found, which, and it's been a struggle for me, but it's just really blessed my life. And I've, and instead of the big wave of awesome, it's more just like the tide is slowly, slowly getting higher. So yeah, it's not the, cause 
if we're honest, sometimes those big waves of awesome are followed by a season of low and we're like, we, we do a lot of stuff to ramp that thing back up. Yeah. It's so hard to keep that momentum. Yeah. Like there's not enough books in the world, right. you know, to, to keep that going. And, and I, I'll end with this. I feel like the Lord said something to me about prayer that really kind of changed perspective for me. Um, it was Jordan. I, I want you to stop praying about what you're doing. And I want to make prayer, I want you to make prayer the thing you're doing, and I will show you what I'm already doing and let you be a part. So I always prayed about the things I was doing, right? Say, hey, say, we, it, say it again one more time. Yeah. So I felt like the Lord said, Jordan, I want you to stop praying about the things you're doing and to start making prayer the thing that you're doing. And I will show you what I'm already doing and I'll let you be a part. Yeah. And that changed some things for me and um, still changing things for me. I don't have that. I don't have that unlocked by any means because let's be honest. I mean, I, I, 75% of the time in my life, why I went to prayer is because I had some things that was, that were going on or that I was doing that I wanted to pray about. And so the idea I think has changed of, I kind of just, I want to be a part of what God's already doing and, 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 and let him show me that. And making prayer the thing that I do, I think, is what these old men or more seasoned men in your life have told you. Like, after all these years, they've kind of realized without prayer, potentially this is nothing, you know. And, And apart from me, as it says in John 15, you can do nothing. So... I've tried to do that my best. And to be honest with you, it's a dangerous thing to do because um, you start realizing how strongly you are tied to the way you think church should be, right. the way you think you should do things. Right. And I've, you know, that's been unpacked in me a little bit. And, uh, and, but one thing has changed in me as a heart for lost, I, I would say. I love people at Refuge Church. I care about them greatly, but the more time you spend praying, the more everybody outside your church is also going to come into focus and because it is the heart of the Lord, like it really is. It it truly is. So we're excited to be pursuing the coffee shop there. There's prayer happening in that place every week uh, on some level. And my thought and dream and hope would be that that would make a difference. Yeah. Like just that. Like uh, think about that. Do we believe that prayer if it's the thing we did? I'm not saying we don't we don't we aren't still the hands and feet of Christ. You, you of course. But do I believe prayer enough to where I believe that it will work on its own? You know, to where I'm just going to pray consistently and diligently with people by myself and watch. Um that's the challenge I think that the Lord's put in front of me and I'm stepping into that. You know, it's not formula, you know, it's not a formula, you know, right. it's, 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 it's real. And yeah. um, it's been cool. Yeah. That comment about how you have a morning, noon or lunch and then evening three times a day anchoring points is really challenging, you know, cause there's, there's like devotionals around concepts like that, you know, or yeah, totally. Like, but like to really lean in and go, no, 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 whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to actually make this a part of my daily rhythm and ske- even schedule it in to where whatever gets scheduled in addition to that has to move around it. 
is uh is super interesting to think about and uh and then oh then the comment you made about need like praying for needs you know 70 80 percent of the time i can't agree with my that I'm, I'm with that i resonate with that like even coming into that group when i'm there with these you know older seasoned followers of jesus um like it had been it was uncomfortable for a lot of those times because i just felt like why are we can we let's talk about, or let's do give me some impart some wisdom like get, you know do something like yeah and uh that that's where they had been but i I just recently finished a, a time of prayer and fasting and um, it was a progressive uh, fast. So basically the way we've done it, I mean, we did it together as a church, but the, the Lord spoke a couple of things specifically that he wanted me to do along with it. But it was progressive, you know, started like, you know, somewhere around it, taking, you know, adding more water and eliminating sugar. And then it was like a meal a day and it was like Daniel fast. And then uh, progressively got more and more to like consider fasting food, you know? Um, and the Lord was really clear about, doing a, a total like a water only and i've never i've never done a water only i've done liquid onlys and uh and still always had coffee because i always felt like the lord would never ask me to give coffee yet because <laughs> i would be a terrible human being to everybody um and i that's funny and i yeah i've had three three to four cups of coffee a day uh since i was 15 so just the what just, dude oh, I, you need to get he, out of washington bro yeah yeah he, he, he's <laughs> Easily. So anyway, but what here's here's what here's what ended up happening. So over that first uh fifteen days of the fast, it, it had felt like I there definitely was a greater connection just to being more uh, the the clarity of God's voice and the moments yeah. where I'm like I I I needed to talk to Him or I wanted to pray and 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 it was always to ask about something to in what I'm doing or whatever. And it was like the way I the way I could paint it is like a it was like a phone call. It was like I, I and there was no there was no like a waiting on hold, you know, there wasn't like who's gonna respond or is it gonna be some whatever it's it was like I knew I could pick up my phone and call him and he'd answer and we'd talk. I I could talk to him, he talked to me, and th- but then it would end and the phone call would end and and that was it was contained within that moment of the phone call. Um it still was more than right, where right. I had been and and that kind of you know progressed over those days. A couple more phone calls a day, um, as I would pray. But it would be like I need oh okay shoot someone needs this. Um okay God can I, let me pray and talk to you. Uh, when I when I went into the the four days of water only fasting, something shifted, and I didn't really know what was going to happen. I honestly just didn't, didn't think I was going to be able to do it on a practical level. I just thought there's just no way. There's no way. I could, yeah, it's it is. And and uh, but after the first day. What I woke I woke up day two as I was spending time with the Lord in in the morning, I begin to see a, tr- a transition from phone call to to uh, the best way I could paint the picture is like we were uh, on a walk together, and and it was like we were with each other on a walk, a physical walk in person out in nature or the woods or on the sidewalk in a city, and it was like he wasn't a phone call away. He was literally a, I turned my head a little bit over and just talk as we're walking and yeah, we were doing that. it we were doing it together so it wasn't like he he so he was he was in my environment he knew we were together with where we were going you know and so it was like it wasn't like i was i called him because i needed something it was more so i was talking to him because i was just with him yeah and and so it was it had just begun to shift a paradigm of prayer for me because i i began to look forward to those times of prayer so much less of okay, I know these are the things I need or we need to figure out or problems I'm having to like just being with you on a walk. And the closeness was palpable. Like, and I know he's always close like that, but I just haven't recognized it. Uh, 
And so, and I just got a taste of that over those four days and am like so excited and looking forward to how the Lord wants that kind of understanding and practice of a life of prayer to begin to be cultivated more in my life and then really in my church. And that's where I can see the thread from January, 2022 of meeting with this group to the phone, the zoom call with you a few months back um, to even this call today. And I have the book. In fact, it should be, I haven't, I had forgotten about it till like recently, but that you'd recommended the, the red moon, red moon rising, rising. I, My I favorite knew, part about that is when you asked me, you thought it was, your first guest was Red Dawn, and I almost let that go. Like, yeah, dude, it's called Red Dawn. First, before you read it, see the movie, it's going to bless your life. But I didn't. I felt like that would be a mistake. <laughs> uh, but I haven't read it, but it's, it's it should be here in like a day or two. But i um, excited to press into that more because there's something that God is saying like that's, I am totally want to do it in you first because it's not one of those things that I want to be like, oh, yeah. my church needs to do this. And like, it's not real in my life. Uh, but it's become more real in my life over these days. And it, and God's also said to me, um, because of my fear of like, I don't want to be an imposter here. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, I, I have to make it fully real for me completely. I got to be doing this like for months before I can introduce whatever it is to the church. And I also had the Lord be like, yo, chill on that. Don't, mm. don't miss what I want to do in other people because you're not there yet. You can begin to lead them into this place as you're going there, but don't think you got to get to some level of this before you can begin to take people along on the journey. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking out that with him over this next season, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord is saying something about how in our church over this next year and beyond, he, he wants us to have a more active part of what, um, have, have prayer be more center front and center around who we are, how we live. But then also like some of this stuff that you've been mentioning about that, a 24, you know, 24 one, or I don't know how you, how you guys are doing it, where you literally have a 24 hour period uh, consecutively people coming into that coffee shop. I think that's where you guys have had it yet or Mm -hmm. yeah. And taking shifts of, of, of praying. And I feel like I can see, I can see this place. In fact, I, I, I've, I want this place. This I'm here in it right now, recording this. So I'm motioning with people watching the video, which is low odds they are at this point because you know YouTube analytics and everything else say people don't watch this long. But you know what? I'm, I'm giving it to them. They're listening here at the church. This was a this is a place that is not just Sunday operations uh, where God's presence is you know switches on, but that there throughout the week this this can become a place of more active intentional prayer um yeah so so that's that's definitely in something that the lord has been lighting up in me and i, I don't really know what he has in store or what it's going to look like uh, but that's i cannot i can't deny it that that's yeah. that this thing of prayer is, is going to be a pretty significant part i love it i think too you know fasting is one of those things my wife um said something really profound to me the last time we did a fast we just we just finished one as well but the one we did before that, she said, you know, she did, she felt really good. And she said, you know, the reason why I felt really good on this one is because I had learned to feed on God's word before the fast. And usually in the past, it's like we do a fast and we, and then we start going after God. But actually I think fasting is, is at its best when you're feeding on the Lord before it. It's good. And then you go into a fast 
and you realize, oh wow, I'm actually more nourished by him than I am food. Like, don't 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 get me wrong for one second. When I'm hungry, it's it's a it's an ugly thing. Okay, I, I'm a sad example. But my wife, when she said, that, I was like, oh, that, that's it. You know that that is true. So good. And the issue with fasting, and then I think with prayer, and then some of the things you're speaking to, is something that's we just don't even talk about it. And I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk to me about it, really, that I've been thinking about a lot. And it's it's what I've been shared that with you, what I'm writing now, you know, like that uh, is about the soul. We don't give much airtime or even thoughts to our soul at all. We think of soul care in, a, in the culture that we live in. Soul care is like when you buy things for yourself or like you take a day at the spa. Self-care and soul care, I think, kind of get... right. Interchange together, but they're not the same. And I honestly think this is a really wonderful um, question to ask people who aren't on where you are in the journey of faith or would say that is just ask them if they believe if they have a soul. If the answer is yes, it opens up a whole wide variety of, of conversation about life in general, because Jesus talks about the soul so much. And one thing I, I <clears throat> in the Celtic Christianity, you know, they, they they locked in on the on the soul care and and this idea that like like that where it says you know as the deer pants for the water so my soul longeth after thee this is a a scripture i'm sure you love so much cuz you shoot deers with arrows and things you know what i'm saying so you're like you see a deer panting for the water and you're like oh that reminds perfect, me of christ perfect <laughs> he's distracted <laughs> perfect he's thinking of uh, death will find you jerky time anyway your death like, is, bringing, is bringing me life so it's all uh -huh, right uh -huh. but this idea of like thinking of your soul in that way like as a deer pants for the water so my soul longeth after thee and then thinking about how easily spooked a deer is mm. okay so like mm. one crack of a branch they're gone i mean gone and i do think that that is an image of our soul it does not come out unless it is safe and space and a place where it's um is going to be nourished and we do not take any time for that there there's no soul care at our job um, there's no soul care. Can we be honest? Sometimes like there's not even that opportunity at church. Church is filled with things, good things, but a deer does not share space very well and neither does our soul. And I think it is a great image in scripture to think about. And so then you, then you do a fast, right? And you've cleared some serious space. Probably you've blocked out some time, hopefully to be quiet. And then all of a sudden you start having these thoughts of like, whoa, like I think the Lord's saying this to me. That's because the Lord speaks to our soul. And we yeah. just don't understand that fully. And not not saying I do. We we as humans, we as believers, we don't realize that. And so then we go these and we call them seasons or of this and that. But shoot, I mean, just one of the super practical things about setting up times of prayer, which is new to me. That I, but I'm just saying that I've been humbled by and challenged by is my soul comes out. Hmm. It does. And all of a sudden, I feel differently about things. I, I, I sense things differently. And I think if you, um, and, I, and I kind of 
think that our soul is our sixth sixth sense in a way where it resonates with things that the Lord puts in front of us that sometimes it's the same way where you're on a hike with the Lord or you're on a walk with the Lord and you see something beautiful. Your eyes see that it's beautiful, but your soul is what connects it back to the maker. You yeah. know, it's like this. Yeah. It's, mm, it's like, oh, this is, this is more than what I'm just seeing. This is your, your soul is resonating with something that was designed for your soul to resonate with. And I think prayer, um, contemplative prayer, just taking time to be quiet, taking time of solitude, taking time where your prayers, literally you're saying nothing, is reforging the space for your soul to come out. And I think most of us go through our life and we, um, we play cleanup with our soul. We really do some soul care when the soul is damaged and then we ignore it for the rest of the time. And I think one, that's, that's been a journey for me of realizing this is um, preemptive work for my soul, these times of prayer. And, and two, there's nothing wrong with praying for needs. The Lord gives us a perfect recipe. If you're, if you're struggling with prayer, I think the best place to go is to the Lord's Prayer because it's, it's wonderful and it gives you a launching pad for other things. So the reason why the disciples, the disciples were Jewish guys. They knew how to pray. They're, they're very well-trained as young boys, and they're versed in Jewish tradition. So the issue is not that they don't know how to pray. They do. It's just that when they heard Jesus pray, they're like, oh, shoot, I don't know how to pray like that. So they ask, can you teach us how to pray? Because we're not doing the same thing. We've all experienced that, like being around people and they're doing something better than you or something that resonates. And so then he says, okay, say, our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All these things are wonderful. There's a prayer in there eventually where you get to ask for things and your needs. But it starts with a recognition of who you're praying to. That alone will take a lot of time. Right. That alone is going to, can you say that? Can you, can you genuinely say our father, like, is that who he is for you? That's a challenge. What if you grew up with a a dad who was abusive? What if you grew up with no father? What if you just don't understand that? Well, there's the work to be done, you know? And then later on in Matthew, he's going to be like, why do you see the birds worrying about what they're going to eat or the flowers? But then he goes on to say, seek first the kingdom, you know? So he, he, he knows the desires of our heart that, that we don't know. <clears throat> and he has given us ways to experience that. But I think we live in a world <clears throat> that does not promote soul care. You know, um, we were, my, and I, uh, I wrote this in this book I'm working on, but my wife and I, we went to the Louvre together. It's a massive museum in Paris. It's, the, it's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. We went there some years ago. And, um, she bought these early bird tickets. And uh, so it got us in like, I don't know, probably only like 15, 30 minutes before everyone else. But we felt we felt awesome. We felt better than all of the peasants in the other line. We were like, move along. Anyway, so <laughs> we like, we got in. Or we're in line. We realized we didn't have a plan. We just had these early bird tickets, but we didn't know anything about the Louvre. I just wanted to see the Mona Lisa. That's, I wanted to see that. Yeah. So... 
we're like, okay, we're just going to book it. When we get yeah. in there, we're going to go straight to the Mona Lisa. We're going to beat all of these people and we're going to get some time there by ourselves. So I'm pretty sure, like, obviously we didn't run, but we, when the gates opened, we did like that speed walk, yeah. like looking awesome. We looked ridiculous, I'm sure, but we get to this massive room, massive rooms, like basketball court size space. And in the very center of the room is the Mona Lisa. Okay. And then around everywhere else is other Da Vinci, other amazing things. But in the middle of the room is the Mona Lisa, which is literally like the size of a poster. Yeah, it's I not was that like, big. Oh, what? You know, so <laughs> it's not okay. that big. And it's just me, Vanessa, and the Mona Lisa and the security guy for about five minutes. Wow. And we're looking at it and it's cool. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it was great to be there. Then the, then the flood starts coming in and they're all taking selfies. And I have a selfie of all the people with the selfies taking on the Mona Lisa's. It was mayhem. So then um, we start walking around the room and it now it's tons of people and everybody's scurrying and they and the french friends we have they've told us like you need three days to see the louvre and we were like we're gonna see this bad boy in a few hours and they're like this is why we don't like you americans you're annoying (laughs) and and they're right i mean we we didn't even get to half because you know it's just amazing stuff in there so anyway, as we're done with that room, like there's like floods of people kind of pouring out this door to the next exhibit and we're kind of finding ourselves being pulled in that direction. And I noticed this woman, older lady in like this beautiful kind of like sequence dress and she's sitting on this blue velvet bench and she's sitting by herself in front of this massive tapestry. And I think it's a tapestry or a painting, just a big work of art. And she's just sitting there looking at it. And I don't know what it was about her that that caught my eye it was just it just didn't match so everybody's rolling and Vanessa and I are like making plans and she's just planted and she's just still and kind of smiling and just looking at this thing she's probably in her 70s and um, I just found myself thinking about this lady for the rest of that time and then as I reflected back on there I feel like the Lord brought her into my mind to say this is this are the two two things happening at once here we are living in an incredible incredible reality of so many things designed by an artist for us to notice him and to learn something about him and like there are people at the there are people in this world who could see a da vinci and tell you if it's real so they've invested so much time to learning his strokes and I I don't even know you like types of paint and colors and how he would not use that brown because that brown wasn't available in this time period in his town of Italy you know like real things because as they've studied his work they've learned more about him and we don't do that enough uh, when it comes to this great artist we are the we are the early bird tickets. Let's let's get this as much as we can, and we'll and we'll we'll appreciate the Mona Lisa. That was awesome. Moving on to the next thing, right? And I think prayer and 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 taking some time for the soul is like that lady. She's going to know something about that painting that I will never know. Yeah, but she's also she's also decided, and this is where it's tough to not do other things. Yeah. So she's not going to see even half of what I saw on that day. 
She also doesn't care. Right. She wants to know about the artist of this thing. And, and I think so do I. Yeah. And so can you imagine the things that we're missing that the Lord is saying? Because he, let's take nature, for example. Do you like peaches? Yes. I love peaches, dude. I'm serious. If there was all the fruits in the world at their ripest point. Right. A they're peach, just per- dude. Just perfect. Yeah. A peach? Hard to beat. Woo! Dude. <laughs> okay. A peach is unlike anything else. I like other things. Don't get me wrong. If, if you're listening out here and you're triggered by that, just, you know, I don't yeah, care. I mean, you really offended some nectarine lovers that are just like, yeah, yeah. yeah no shot. What's out. the nectarine though? It's just an almost peach. Like, let's not go there. <laughs> um, if you eat a peach, you get it off a tree of, of, you know, and it's like, it's amazing. You eat it dripping down your face. It tastes so good. I've wondered why things taste good. Like in the, if it were an evolutionary system, nourishment is the key. Taste is right. Why? Second, secondary. Don't eat it. Just need my belly box to be filled and I'm good. Give me the vitamins. Solid. But the taste thing doesn't make sense because there's no need for it to taste good. There, there would be nothing. So, and yet it tastes so wonderful. And then get this, after you eat the peach, if you go and take the seed, there's like this big hard thing in the middle of a peach. Have you seen it? Yeah. One of the weirdest looking seeds out there. Yeah. But if you just go outside and then you dig a hole in the dirt, you just dig a hole in the ground. You follow me? Yep. You put the seed in there and just put the dirt back on top. It grows something that will give you hundreds and hundreds of those things. Yeah. Right. We're no. so impressed by the dumbest things. Okay. We're like, dude, my uh, thermostat in my house is Wi-Fi controlled. Oh, 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 oh dang. Dang. Yeah. If you eat this peach... <laughs> And then you just put the seed inside of the ground. Over time, it's going to give you something that will produce hundreds, if not, I don't know, how many more of those peaches. And you can do that same thing with all of them. Right. Follow me. So then Jesus comes along. And if this is your belief, Jesus says, well, he starts talking about fruit. And he's like, I want you to bear good fruit. A, a, a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. This is his, he made this up. Right. So if we're on the bench with the lady looking at the, the peach, he made the peach. So now we're learning about the peach, but who are we really learning about? The artist, right? Yeah. So Christ. And he comes and says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear good fruit, you know, because I've done this for you. So it's this whole like world available to us that we skip, right? That what is the peach a, a picture of? Well, I, I, of the artist, it has to be provision. It, it it would be it would have been enough for the for you to pick a peach, and one of those peaches on the tree has a seed. All of them have a seed, so it's not just that he wants to satisfy us our it's bellies. So he wants to he wants to do this, but he made the whole thing up. 
I I'm keep forgetting that. Like he made the whole thing up. The the best on ramp. If if you're listening, and you're not a Christian or you don't consider yourself a religious person. Just question whether or not you have a soul. If you think you have a soul, then the best on ramp I think to finding Christ is just like awe and wonder. It's nuts. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. so, this God of provision creates this thing that that nourishes us, but also paints this picture of provision. It's crazy. And then he says, then he comes to his creation, points back to one of the things he made up for us and goes, bear good fruit for other people. Like, I want you to do this. Why, Chase? Because the tree doesn't bear fruit for itself. It bears it for other people. And you get to, someone's going to come to Chase Marilyn, so many times they already have, and pick off you and eat it. And then at the end, they're going to have a seed, potentially, and go, man, that was good. These men that you've been eating from, you're like, something's up with that. And you're going to, that seed's going to get planted. You used the word. You even used the language earlier. A seed was yeah. planted. Yeah. That's a, that's the artist, dude. That, that whole thing is not, we didn't make that up. It's crazy. And so this idea of what is prayer, man, I just think it's getting, it's creating a space for our soul to come out and experience some of these things. Yeah. And if we don't sit down on the blue velvet bench and ignore the call of everything else, we're going to miss it. And I think I've missed it. I've missed it. And I don't want to miss it anymore. Like yeah. there's too much out there to see and to know from the Lord. And um, I've just been challenged by that. And so we're going to have, there's, there's things, there's ministry, there's coffee shops. I mean, the coffee shop's cool, but not without the Lord. I mean, I think 10 years ago, if I would open up a coffee shop, I would think I was so cool. <laughs> Dude, I'm so cool. <laughs> like scoff, scoff, scoff. I'm cool. Cause I'm doing it this different way, but that's stupid. Uh, the only thing, the one thing we need is the Lord. And I think what resonates best with the Lord is our soul. Yeah. And we don't often, we don't often fight for that space. Because like a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. If you want to take that illustration further, we're, our souls are easily spooked. They don't like busyness. They don't like um, anxiety. They don't like um, a lot of things. That's going to have to be a place where they can come out and drink. Yeah. And so I think it's worth fighting for time. Yeah. I think it. I I didn't make this up. This idea of praying morning, noon, and night, or or whatever. It's not even about those three specific things. Just fighting for the space will make the other spaces come to life. I hope, yeah. I think, I, and I think that would be true for, for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad you shared that last bit there. I'll be chewing, chewing on that uh, for a while. Yeah, me too. Um. Man, just wrapping up, wrapping up the the conversation today. The you know the way that I, I want to end is to I, even as I'm listening to as I listened and engaged in this conversation throughout the time we've been having it. I I'm just reminded about how uh, your life, like we just we the, the world needs Jordan Abina, not because you're you know 
you and I are in the in the scale and the sea of people that God has made. You know, we we do believe we have value and identity in Him and all that. But like He also sure. next man up can use anybody. You know, uh, all yeah. that. But but I just I'm, I'm recognizing like the things that He's doing in you has been doing is doing in you uh, for this time in this world. Um, we need it. So like you like you're on to something. I don't know another way to say it. God's, God's, God's been doing it and he's still doing it right now. And he has a lot more to do, but you're, you're on to something. And, and it just to encourage you in moments where you feel like, am, am I on to something or is this mm. you're, you are somebody just listening to just, you know, some of the surface of this. Um, it really does it resonates a lot and I'm super inspired and challenged by it. So just, I hope, I hope today you even walk away encouraged just knowing that, um, there's whether I mean books, conversations, moments you have with, you know, people that you just meet in one-on-one interactions. There's just, there's just so much that God is is gonna brew and mm. and do doing it through you. So, um, and, and man, the other piece that people don't know, even even through this conversation, that I want to encourage you in this, we we wrap up too, um, is the the husband and father that you are. You know, the way that you're doing all of this, you're, you're laying your life before the Lord and letting Him use you. But but all of it still is under, to some degree, or not even to some degree, under, like being a, a healthy dad and a healthy husband. Like you're not. I'm trying, trying. And yeah, well, you're doing great. I mean, I I remember Holly and I, when we were we were considering our, we were having our first trip to uh, where we we're going to be on a plane for more than five hours over a big, large body of water. And we yeah. had Weston and we... And we got, a, I don't know if we met you in person or what it was, but we connected. We were like, who, who is like, who are the people for us? If like we die on this plane and it's like lost 2.0, what are we, who are we <laughs> gonna, you know, really trust with our children? And it was like, we both knew it wasn't even like I had to lobby for you guys. And she had to, it was like, oh, story mm. Vanessa, the way yeah, that they, and the way they love their kids and love Jesus purely and authentically and they're normal, <laughs> they, you know. <laughs> Um, there are just all these things. And so I, I just, I just want to say, man, like that, the fact that like, that's who you are too, you know, in, in, and I'm super thankful for that because you wouldn't be who you are as a leader in the thought space, in the writing space, in the ministry space would mean nothing to me. If, if you're, sure. if your marriage and your kids weren't, you were if you weren't playing laser tag with your 12 year old daughter and giving up, giving it your all. <laughs> howling which the by the way i dominated <laughs> i don't doubt it <laughs> i dominated i wasn't there to make friends seriously yeah. I, my name my literal name on the gun was Deathbringer. So, and every time they got shot it said that they were killed by Deathbringer. i mean that's yeah. it's not a yeah. joke <laughs> i don't mess around but yeah. well, i that, appreciate those things yeah yeah and uh so man thanks for making an impact on my life and continuing to do so excited to see, you know, you've got, you've got two, two books. Actually you have three and then you're no, working on two. F- well, you have no, three. I have two. No, you, you definitely have three. Oh, <laughs> I have, I have, I have it. I, it's actually, oh my gosh. I don't, that's I don't awesome. know if I have it on this bookshelf, but it, it's, it's still Limited in my possession. edition. Limited yeah. edition. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, can't get it anymore. Right. That's why it's limited, but <laughs> it's, um, that's for the best. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but for people, I mean, and, and, and I haven't finished the second one, but, but thoughts of a dying worship leader 
was incredible. And just as a worship oh, leader in person in ministry for years, I mean, it was so refreshing to read and get an opportunity to just digest it. And uh, so that world, I mean, you're, you're a prolific writer of, of thought and, and in song too, dude, dude, God is stupid. It's honestly stupid to be real with you. Just stop. So, but the books and the songs and all of that stuff, I mean, God's given you a real gift. Um, but I'm thankful that you're using it for his glory and, and you're not just sitting, you're not sitting on it because it, it's impacting people that don't get the opportunity to sit with you and have coffee every day. And so keep writing, man, keep writing and keep putting it out there because it, it, people need to be challenged and encouraged by it. And, uh, and I didn't know you were writing this when you're writing now, I can't wait to read it. Um, but for, for people like, I mean, that the both of those the 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 two that you have completed and they're out there like people if they wanted to to read or get it they they can go get it like Amazon it's still up there for people to be able yeah. to get there yeah yeah and I'll make sure to put all the links and stuff in the in the podcast description and stuff but um because it, it's worth getting it's worth reading it's really worth reading through slow and letting Thanks. the thoughts challenge and uh, and just excited to get. When's my leadership book coming? When when do I get to read the Chase Merrill leadership book? Yeah, good good question. Good question. I uh I uh I have I have a book I'm working on that I hope I hope to release in 2024. And um 2024, uh, I'll be 100. <laughs> Come on. I'll be I'll be uh I'll be in part of why I, I was I had started it 2 years ago and uh, and stopped in fact, I'd love to talk to you about it sometime, just your journey, because I don't know how you're pumping out three books in the middle of all of this, you know, and well, three, not. Books, three books in five years, four years, you know, or five First, years. No, no. It's very, very, very hard. And I, yeah. I, I'm the worst at it. But you're basically, you're basically Craig Rochelle now. You need to chill out. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't get those guys. Because <laughs> they put on like the same post, like, oh, I just finished my 150 book a month reading list. And then I just finished two books. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> what happened? What? Like, what, what? Okay, I guess I'll just give up because I learned a new a chord on the acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's stupid. But, Whatever. It's but, not. A, the, it's not a compare. You know, don't compare. Yeah. No, I'm looking no, forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. You know, but to think that sitting down is writing and writing something is easy is so hard. Oh, and it, every time I'm done, I'm like, congratulations, Jordan. You just confirmed my deepest fears that you're an idiot <laughs> and you wrote them down. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it'll, it, that's, that's my hope. But, but man, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for just sharing your heart and your journey where you guys are at to, to get to watch you guys over this next year, continue with the coffee shop and uh, the 24 seven prayer movement stuff and just your family continue to blossom the ministry guys called you to at Refuge Church, all of that um, in Grenoble, France. It's it's going to be cool to watch from afar. And uh, it, any like specific besides details in like the podcast notes, just ways people can follow and be engaged to to stay connected, pray for you, support you, because there's definitely ways to support you guys too. And yeah, uh, I'm sure people will listen to this and be like, I want to know more, and I'm loving. Yeah, you what can I'm go to you can go to prayforfrance.com, and that that's like a kind of like a home base for us. And then you, that'll give information too about the coffee shop. Cool. And then you could go to jordanabina.com too. And I, I post updates about all kinds of stuff there. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. 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 Well, dude, love you. Appreciate love you. Too. Thanks for making an impact on my life. And, uh, 
joining me today for a great conversation. I've just been so blessed by it. So yeah. you're just like you're just one of my favorite human beings on the planet. So well, I appreciate you too, Chase. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for the blessing you've put on our life. Proud of you. Love seeing those pictures of your kids. And um, yeah, I think you. I think you're on the on a, your own journey, and that's going to really bless that church that you have wanted to lead for a long time. I know. So yeah. very cool. Proud of you, man. Yeah. Love yeah, Holly thank too. You. Yeah, thank you. Well, with that, episode six wrapped up today. Thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs>